Welcome, welcome, welcome. We back. You back. <laughs> touche, <laughs> touche. Touche. Oh, man. Uh, welcome to episode 12 of the Welcome... Well, hold on. Welcome to episode 12 of the Beyond the Numbers podcast. We got Rel, Big, Austin is back, fresh off the the losing effort in golf last week. <laughs> yeah, man. It was not pretty. It was not pretty. But it's all good. Um, yeah, man. Bounce back like a champion, man. That's what and that's what the USA is going to do, which is which we're going to get into later. <laughs> <laughs> My boy couldn't wait to say it. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's been a spicy Monday. It's been a really spicy Monday, and I, and I love it. Um, but first, uh, it is 9-11, and... It was such a tragedy in U.S. history and global history, to be honest. So just wanted to give uh, a brief moment of silence to all the victims whose lives were lost in that day. So moment of silence right here. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been a spicy, spicy Monday. Uh, we had to push the pod back one day. We didn't end up going with yesterday for some personal reasons but man if there was ever a time to push the pod back today was the day i'll tell you that a lot of stuff going on out here in these streets man. yeah a lot of lot of breaking news and a lot of and i love it i love it um so just to, just to, let's get into it fever play i guess i'll go down the line of what actually happened in fever so in the second round, USA beat the, the shit out of Italy. Um, that was never a contest. Slovenia lost to Canada. Luca and, Dilla, and Dylan Brooks got ejected. You saw Dylan Brooks in the hallway with the boxing gloves. I don't know what that is about. <laughs> I mean, I, he play, he's played very well this whole FIBA. He kind of, you know, reclaimed his status as a as a legitimate, like, good basketball player. I think a lot of people were down on him with the playoffs last year, but... Looks like the Rockets are getting the best version of Dylan Brooks because he he was going him. He shot the ball really well. He was named defensive player of the tournament. Um, so that was that was the whole thing. Canada lost to Serbia, uh, which knocked them out of the the uh, silver and gold game. And then we lost to Germany, which which really hurt. Um, I, I didn't expect this point, team. One point. Yeah. Yep, but still took the L. Uh, in overtime, Mike Mikel Bridges hit that crazy shot in the corner. I watched the, the, the fourth quarter and the uh, the overtime. It was pretty intense, man. I was I was really p- pulling for the team, but we just made some some costly mistakes, man. Like let's let's put it into perspective, though. We didn't have Brendan Ingram, we didn't have Pilo Benchero or J- or Jaron Jack uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. So that really hurt us. Like we had no size, we had no versatility from the four or five position. Um, it put us in a really bad spot. Bi's obviously didn't play well, but he gives us a different look and a different feel. We played ISO ball for way too much in the fourth quarter, man. Way too much taking turns. I think Ant Man kind of took a, a lot of things personally. Um, you can see, like when they when someone in Germany scored, he would come back. Um, that's what I saw in the game, man. We just it just came down to execution. We weren't able to do that, and that probably comes from Germany been, been, being together for longer. I think. Hey, yo, wrap it up, man. Just wrap it up. Man. <laughs> call, 
calling the troops, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, right? it didn't look good. I mean, I feel like they could have did other things stylistically. I mean, they they had Walker and Kessler. The minutes that he did play weren't like they weren't eye popping. I feel like he could have did more. I feel like they could have. They should have just played him more. Like I think I said this last part. They should have just played him more. He he has size. He's a, a rebounder. Jaron Jackson is not the he's not the rebounder that that we need him to be. I feel like if he was a better mm-hmm. rebounder, we'd have more chances. Man's average like like two rebounds a game or something like that. And it was wild, <laughs> like stats. But you can clearly see what works for him in the league is playing alongside someone who does do that, like Stephen Adams, you know, and Jaron Jackson kind of getting like a roamer just trying to block shots from like the weak side. I feel like that that would have been a better a better fit yeah. for him. And then the B.I. thing, just, you you know what he is. Like, he – we got to, you know, he he's the Ant Edwards of, on his team. He is the, the, the thing that makes that team go. He's the one that has the ball in his hand a lot in ISO plays. They clear it out for him a lot. Uh, and he just wasn't in the role that he was supposed to be in. Jalen Brunson was a disappointment for me, man. I was I was high on him going into the, into the tournament. But he never did it. He didn't play bad, but he never, like – he was waiting for that one Jalen Brunson game, and I don't. I'm not. Uh, I don't remember all the stats, but I'm not sure we got it. And I think that. Yeah, was I, I, I agree with you, babe. We definitely didn't get it. <laughs> nah, for sure. Yeah, did not yeah right. I'm sure. a, I mean, he. he Todd ta- Halliburton looked better. Halliburton looked better. Austin Reeves looked better in this play. I'm just talking about in this play, obviously. And I got my game wrong. Uh, Mikel Bridges hit that shot against Canada, not Germany. To send it to yeah, that was the, uh, the free throw. Was it the free throw? The missed free throw tip out for the three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that was a great yeah, season. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with both of you. We didn't, you know, we didn't have the bigs. I think we should have definitely involved Kessler Walker more in the rotation. I mean, they tried to use Bobby Portis at times, but I mean, he was a little undersized, and it, you know, he didn't really even get to go off like he normally does. You know, I mean, he's physical, bruised. I love watching DP, but he didn't make too much of an impact. Um, so yeah, it was going to be tough down the stretch, you know, to try to compete without, you know, some of the bigger, you know, the larger, more versatile players. So, um, but you know, decent effort, but yeah, no medal. Yeah, no medal. And to lose to Canada, um, the game was really, really early. It was like 4.40 AM. I ended up waking up around six. So I caught the end of it and the defense just was not there, bro. Like we don't, we only have probably one defender and Mikhail Bridges and that's why you saw Dylan Brooks have almost well he had he had 40 right he had 40 <laughs> 40 uh, he had 40 Shade goes down again Alexander had 31 plus uh the defense just wasn't there bro. and it was really it was really heartbreaking to see like Dylan Brooks just go off on this because it shows how much the NBA game like we're not accustomed to just locking in and playing defense like that that's what it showed and it also showed our youth. Like, our best players were, like, 22, 25, and 23. And it just showed that when you're playing against these grown-ass men, these German dudes who are, like, super physical, super brolic, and, like, will, will run you over, that will that can win games over skill in the, in the FIBA competition. So, um, yeah. Um, they so need to, they need to, think it's, much, it's so physical. So like all the finesse, all, a lot of the skill, you know, is is diminished a little bit. You lost Austin. Yeah, but, uh, but they, uh, uh, 
to piggyback off y'all, they they need to they need to they need to figure out the big man situation. I think the no defensive three seconds is a is a is a big thing because teams like Germany and the, those teams who have those big brolic bigs, they can have them just sit in the paint and be, you know, that force at the rim. So, you know, I think their strategy this 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 World Cup was to kind of out athletic people, and it didn't it didn't really work. Um, these, these players are are good. Uh, the, the the world is definitely caught up as far as basketball talent now. Talent wise, I would definitely go with the. I would I would definitely go with USA, but you know, I just think that no, they need to. Uh, like, they have not caught up. The day, <laughs> they have not I, caught I, up. I wouldn't say look, 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 look. like I said. I just said. That, as far as talent goes, I would definitely still go with the USA. But these teams have other things that give them advantages. And that's what I mean. Like, they've caught up. These teams play together. Some of these dudes be playing pro at, like, the age of 12, and they play with the same people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that every couple of years, the USA, USA is putting out a different product, a different team. And I think that when you talk about these teams who actually have the talent – to at least keep up. Long gone are the days where we just throwing out a squad and we smacking everybody by 40. Like, that's over. And even though we're the most talented, these teams just as a, as a, as programs and as, as holes have caught up as far as how they, they run their, their programs culturally and things like that. And I just think that the USA has to come with a different game plan method, whether it's making players play a couple years, like having players show, commitment to the USA program and having them play multiple years. If you want to play in the Olympics, you got to play World Cup type of thing. That way we get that cohesiveness, but just throwing any five out there. And I think that now I'm not going to go as far as to say that if we bring top tier A plus talent, that we would have a chance of losing. I mean, there's always a chance you got to play the game, but I don't think that, I think even if we rally the troops, we bring out the, the big guns, it's still not going to be like a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk in the park anymore. I just don't think it is, bro. Like, did you see that Germany team? If, if, did you see that Germany yeah. team? Yeah. Did they you see? Whack, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I think you see this Austin, are you agreeing with him? So you think? I, I'm just saying, I, I agree with Bake that we need to get that continuity back. I think if we bring our best against anybody's best, of course we'll win handedly. But I just think from a competitive standpoint, like like that intensity you talked about on the defensive end that we just didn't have, um, that understanding of, you know, what players like to do, that continuity that you build up over time, that's an intangible, right? Like you could bring your best players, and we obviously are far more talented. But it showed that the talent level doesn't always equate to winning. Okay. Can I, can I, can I please jump in? Oh, please do, because I see your question. I can, I can hear it. <laughs> I'm, shaking. I'm shaking right now. I'm, I'm shaking, ready to jump. So when we talk about talent, right, yeah. there's a big difference between Austin Reeves and Devin Booker. We, <laughs> Very much we, so. Very much we, We're not talking about Jalen Brunson. We're talking about Kyrie Irving or Damian Lillard. <laughs> like, yes – they were more talented than the Germany team, but there's a different jump when we talk about who LeBron's trying to bring to the USA team next year. First of all, we're talking about LeBron. 
That's <laughs> no, nothing else needs to be said. Steph, KD, Tatum, AD, uh, Kyrie, Dame. Like, that's a different level of talent that can get you to beat any of these teams in the world just by relying on their talent. That team that we sent out to FIBA World Cup of youngsters, people who haven't been really proven yet in the NBA, is very different. Am I am I am I wrong? No, that's a, that's a very strong point. I, I agree. I agree with you that in regards to like the high level, high talent guys. But if you remember, four, three years ago we lost to France in the in the Olympics. If we lost to France, we lose the game. With a we talking about the Olympics or the World Cup? I'm saying in the Olympics when you have KD, when you have uh, Devin Booker, Tatum, and you have Levine, you have those All Star caliber players. You're still gonna you know they still lost get a game. Did we win gold? You're right. <laughs> you won the whole thing, but I'm just saying from a competitive standpoint, even when you do bring the big guns, I still think they need to improve um, the cohesiveness. They still need to bring the level of defensive intensity. It can't Besides, just be like, okay, you cut on the switch. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, I agree with you 100% there. And you have to – I think that's what LeBron would bring. Like, besides 2004, there's never been a time in the USA when he wasn't intense. KD as well. Like, these guys are going to bring that. I have no question they're going to bring that type of effort. That's why I'm saying it's going to be – this is not even a conversation to me, like, at all. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine if we're trying to get Joel and B to play. He can pick between France or USA. If Joel is on, in, on that team as well, you think we would – you think a game would even be close? <laughs> a game would even be close, bro. Not a um, the only team that I could see giving us a fight – because they have the best player in the world, is Serbia. Bogdan played out of his mind in, in the FIBA World Cup, and having Jokic creates issues. That's the only team I can see giving us e- even a heartbeat. Like, Germany, get out of here, bro. Fran- Franz Wagner. No, 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 no love for France, no love for Spain, no love, no love no. for uh, Slovenia, none of these other teams. France didn't even make the, the, the uh, quarterfinals. They didn't even make the yeah, quarterfinals. France, France didn't make the quarterfinals. You are right about that. Why but then you got Britain, like Germany. You even Germany. got the good Latvian, Latvian squad. I, I am not worried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I agree with you. I'm not going to lose any sleep. I just think from a competitive standpoint, I think they'll be able to keep the margin. I think they'll be able to keep it within 15 points. Fine. You can have it. But uh, <laughs> Hey, the ball I, bounces. The ball, we've, we've seen things. The ball bounces. I'm just saying – I, I, I respect what USA Basketball have been doing lately, having a select team and really making a, a developmental thing for the younger players, giving them an opportunity to understand USA Basketball, to play international basketball and compete at a high level. Um, the Olympics, like you said, is just a different ball game. We're going to bring our best. So, and you know, on a competitive standpoint, I don't think we'll lose. I just don't think it's we'll win the way people will think we win. I, I can respect that, and I think it's going to be hard for to to get stars to care about the World Cup, just because it's two summers back to back of like training and intense yeah. games. Like that, that's a lot to ask, and these other countries are sending their best to to the World Cup, so it's going to be really hard to do that. But I think these these stars who aren't in the LeBron tier need to be playing in the World Cup. Like if you like the Donovan Mitchells of the world, like. He should have been in the World Cup to me. Jalen Brown. Yeah, Tatum. Jalen Brown. No, not, yeah. not Tatum. Not Tatum. <laughs> Why not Tatum? Tatum? 
to, because I think we need him for the you Olympics. Think he's ascended the yeah, I get you. I we need him for the Olympics. Jalen Brown, we need you to play World Cup, bro. Jalen Brown, definitely. Um, I can name some other players, but I don't really. It occupies so much of the summer while these guys are, you know, over overseas promoting their, you know, promoting their products, their sneakers, and promoting their brand, and spending time with their families too. So I understand That's the true. sacrifice that can be made. And think about a guy like Jalen Brown. I just signed a three hundred million dollar contract. Do you think I'm gonna go play some recreational basketball? It's not recreational, bro. Damn. Damn. You play in the big three. Oh yeah, play in the big three. <laughs> Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill, you should be in the league. Like to me, why is Bradley Bill? Bradley Bill, I would have been high. You know who I want to see? I want to see play in like some type of international ball, man. I want to see. I know it's probably not gonna happen because all the injuries and shit, but I want to see Zion. Like I would have yeah. liked Zion with this team specifically, especially playing yep. with Halliburton. I think it would have been nice, and he, he's a capable rebounder. He probably wouldn't have did much as far as defense, but. You know, I just think we don't, we didn't, we didn't, I don't want, outside of Ant, we didn't have that one player who is just so far better than the competition that he just swayed the outcome of the game. I don't, I think Ant is good, but I don't even think in this tournament specifically, like, he, that he was that. And I think no. we need that. I think he needs to be so. But the Donovan Mitchells, the Bradley Bills, the Jalen Browns of the world, they, they, I would have liked them to play. Yeah, bro, yeah. like. John, if John Morant didn't get into his off the court troubles, he should be in it. Zion, like you said, there's a couple players I would I would have liked to see in this man, and we got to get to a point where I can't tell people what to do with their lives, right? Like this it is a huge commitment. I understand that, and I mean you could you could do whatever you want, but I just want to I, I want to win. Like at the end of the day, whether yeah. we send the best players or not, I want the USA to win. So. It hurts yeah. a little bit. I think it comes down to I think it comes down to like your 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 superstar, your A list superstar, LeBron Steph. I mean, when you when you play in the NBA, it's like you're going to focus on that. Like this is this is their 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 career. It's how they feed their families. This is how they take care of their business. They're going to to put more stock in that. And I think even if it came down to the Olympics, I think if Players coming off an injury and he got a nice contract situation coming up for this season. I think they'll probably even forego the Olympics because the NBA is the that's their bag. That's what they're going to focus on. So it's going to be hard to get players to get up for the World Cup. But if we could get those the B minuses, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I can't consider this team a C. But shit, maybe. <laughs> shit. I don't think it was Let's a talk C. About Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I, I think it was, was a heavy, uh, a, a heavy B minus. I'll give it a B team, just because, like, if if we had Bam out of bio, I think we win gold. Mm. I don't think that's far one, re- one active, one active rebounding mobile big man. We would have been straight. I think if even yeah, just Bam. But you know what? You know what? Maybe 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 not even that, bro. Maybe if we just were healthy, like dudes got sick. Like Bi, Jake, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and, pa- and Paolo all didn't play versus Germany or Canada. Like maybe if we had our full roster, we win. Yeah, that is true too. So like, has the world caught up? I don't know because I feel like we might we had we would have had a good chance to win that tournament had our, our all of our bigs healthy. Like <laughs> when your whole big your whole front line goes down, it's very hard to win the game. Like 
So no, that's very true. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I just, um, like when I say the the when I say the the team the the world is caught up. It's I'm talking about the 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 as a collection. Like that you could have put any superstar that you name on a, on on this specific team this year and put them in the Olympics or the World Cup from years past and they probably win that. I just don't think that like the, like Austin said, I don't think it's gonna be as easy as we think it's gonna be. I don't think I think the, the programs as a whole have caught up. They are fielding teams with players that can play. They have guards, big shooters. Whereas probably in the past you probably had your one person who probably, you know, got NBA looks. A lot of these teams, these teams are putting out three now that again they might not be A-list superstars, but they're still putting out damn near uh, a NBA starting five, you know, in these tournaments. So I definitely think it's going to be – we still going to win that shit, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, – I, 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 I don't get what you're saying, to be honest, bro. The, the, like, the teams from the past, Spain, France, they've always been nice and had multiple NBA players. Yes, the teams like Serbia have grown a little bit and Jokic has blossomed into the best player in the world. Or Germany, they used to have Dirk, but Dirk used to struggle with that team because he was the only guy. Now they have a couple NBA guys. I'm not saying, yo, Germany has Schroeder, Franz Wagner, and Mo Wagner, and they can compete with LeBron, KD, and Steph. Like, what? Like, I'm not saying. I'm I'm not ready to say that. Like, I don't care how many NBA guys you got. If you got talent, that's great for you and your country. Happy for you. But when we roll out that 12 that, that they're saying it might come, is a different ball game. It's a different ball game. Um, I agree with you, Ralph. No, those elite, those, those elite guys that we're going to bring over, we should still be able to dominate. But I don't think it is to the level that people will expect it to. I mean, you got to think. Even when the 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 the, the foreign teams, they, they most of their their players have been pros, you know, throughout their teen years. So they they have a little bit competitive edge. Like they're taking this a little bit more serious seriously. So when we brought up some of the the younger players, you can see that they were a little bit more mature. They took this, you know, at a, at a little different. With a little different, more more steam, more steam than than we did with our players. But I agree with you. If we bring out our best, I don't think it'll it'll be close. But I think it'll be closer than people think. If that makes sense. So it'll be a fifteen point game instead of thirty five. Yeah, fifteen to twenty. <laughs> All right, I got you. They're not getting skunk. You're not getting skunk. They not they not off the stick, but it's it's close. <laughs> and you know, you don't, I, see, I you don't see you don't see you don't see not you don't see not one what, one roster. Let's just say that. All the healthy international players, the Giannis, Jokic, they go play for their team. You don't see no no upsets happen. I said Serbia had a chance, Serbia because they have Jokic. I mean, I could see. I could. I mean, to me personally, I think you could see Spain give a competitive game, France give a competitive game. You could definitely see the German German squad give a, a competitive game. So, I, you know, every, I think any time throughout the tournament, except in the later rounds, you might see. A close game may possibly an upset. Damn. Hey, yo, Joel Embiid, man. Joel Embiid, just stay home and play <laughs> for the gang, man. We need Joel Embiid because I, I can't trust Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah, like, nah. He'll, 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 he'll fuck around and get injured trying to guard Valanchunas banging in the post all game because if he comes to the USA team, he's going to play the five. You don't have, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we gotta, I'm sure we could fill a bunch of multiple fours, but. As far as an American, just tall, athletic big man, it's going to have to be AD unless yeah, Joel you know, decides to play for USA, which I don't know. 
And he's already said he don't want to play the five this season. And that's a story I'm not willing to talk about. Um, but hey, that's a great uh, bro. That's great for his. I mean, he's a natural four. Do you think AD is a five? I don't. But I we're think more he should efficient. be able to play the five. We're more efficient as a team I, when he plays small the five. ball. Small ball lineups, yes, but I don't. I wouldn't like. He played too much out of his natural position last year. Way too much. What, what is, is but in today's in today's league, what is not a five? Not like I mean, if I was AD like in today's league, you would want to play the five. Now he might not want to guard Embiid for forty minutes, or he might not want to guard Jokic for forty minutes. But as far as capable people in the league to guard those type of guys, who else do you fucking call besides a, a AD? But so see, I, don't, I mean, I get it. You know, he's the banging, banging, bruising with the centers all game. I don't want him having to guard Jokic. I don't want him having to guard Embiid. I don't want him to guard these other bigs for for forty plus minutes. Like that's just not smart. That's and, yeah, and being on the glass. That's too much. Yeah, I mean, I come from an era where you was like, where you was like six six. You was playing the five, so it's you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like AD. I feel like AD could play the five if if it come down to it, because then it's like. I mean, we don't got to get into it. Like, who who are the who are you going to play at the five in the Lakers? Well, uh, we have Jackson Hayes now. If we have Jackson Hayes, that we can play at the five. We got Christian Wood now. We could play at the five. Small ball five, but he's still a five. Yeah. I mean, but, he's a man, finesse. AD he's not playing, if AD not playing the five, Christian Wood not playing the five. I just meant. <laughs> hey, I just only mean, small ball. Only small ball for like five minutes. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I let's get back to FIBA because I got one more thing before we close it out. Um, y'all making me upset with AD. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> you took the bait. So, yeah. So it sounds like I read Sham's article and it said this. It sounds good, Bron. It sounds good. And they said that Bron reached out to these guys prior to you know us losing in the World Cup, which I don't believe. I don't believe that at all. I believe he saw us lose, and he was he started going off in the group chat. But they said it sounds good. <laughs> a lot of a lot of players talk like this the summer or the the media day before the Olympics. And by the time the Olympics roll around, you start to see people saying, "Nah, I ain't coming." When they had that playoff run, uh, and and going to late um, June, they they say, "Nah, I can't do it." So we'll see about that. How that affects people who actually come. Uh, they said that the preliminary games are not in Paris. It's in some industrial town, an hour and 40-minute drive outside of Paris. So will people want to be there and stay there until they get to Paris. Uh, obviously, it's a couple of players on the team that's had injuries in the past, and who knows what kind of injuries they'll have throughout the season and if they'll be healthy enough to go there. So if this is a pipe dream, basically, um, to have all these players. But I'm going to wish for the best. I'm going to wish for the best and hope all these guys play. Um, yeah, I'm an, I'm an eternal optimist. And just knowing how a lot of the players that have been mentioned are in the later stages in their career, I think they want this last experience. And experiences like this, when you can be, yeah, you know, in the Olympic villages, they, surround, they, surrounded they by some talent. What did you say, Big? No, I was just saying, yeah, they, they, they... Uh, your, your service is trash, bro. Yeah, I feel like they got to mix up the talent a little bit. They got to they gotta have some young players. We can't. I, I, yeah, they, I yeah, can't. they definitely yeah, need some blood in them. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. 
But I definitely think the players will, will, will be entertained the, the idea of playing the Olympics. You know, this is one of the, you know, going to be a, a, a great event. They're going to, you know, be in Paris. They're going to be able to market themselves in the World Cup, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, kind of like a, a good send-off for, like, you know, guys like LeBron, KD. This will probably be his last Olympics. So I think they're going to, you know, savor the opportunity to be in a stage like this, play it, it on a big stage, and just, you know, have fun with their good friends. Yeah, I'm – Totally, I was totally wrong a couple pods ago when they originally asked this question. Uh, with Braun play, I said there was no chance, and I was wrong. So I'm, I'm excited uh, to see these guys play, and I hope everybody stays healthy throughout the season and decides to follow through uh, with playing. So, anything else on FIBA? Oh, let me let me let me let me end this with Noah Lyles. This still doesn't mean anything. This <laughs> I know you got you on your high horse and you feeling all high and mighty, but this doesn't mean anything compared to what you're saying. So let's just let's just leave that out the equation now. Yeah. Um. All right. The next bit of spicy news that came out was the board of governors. Ooh. They are saying that if you rest players, you're gonna hit them pockets. So they are not. They're trying to vote to not let multiple star players rest on the same game. And that's whether, I guess that's whether, whether it's a national TV game or not, like it didn't specify, which is really interesting. Um, The way that they describe a star player is a player who's made an all NBA or all-star in the past three seasons. Uh, The first violation would be hundred K. The second violation would be 250 K and then one million more than the previous penalty for each additional violation. So that, I mean, I had to really put on my hard hat here. With my, so that's a million, for the third violation, that's a million, 250,000. And then after that, the fourth violation is 2,250,000. That's, that's what I gather there. So how do we feel about this? this? Do you think this is good for the game? Do you think this is good for the players to, to incentivize teams to, you know, let some things go and have these players play? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, good. I mean, you know, to... yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, oh, it's yeah, good. Nah, I think you know, so it makes sense. You know, we understand how the the players have been sitting lately with the rest and the the emphasis on the regular season hasn't been there as of late. So I think this, you know, you know, gives some pushback to, to make the players play, earn their checks. Um, and allows the fans to get to see the players. You know, the the, the NBA decreased. You know, the the four games in five uh, four games in five days. So they're not playing as much regularly as they are with, on the regular eighty two game season. So they should, you know, be up for it. If you're healthy, you know, fans want to see that, and I think that's what they're promoting now. Yeah, the the NBA definitely seemed like they they're on a mission between like the CBA and then now this. They're definitely on a mission to get players to play and I mean it's a basketball league play games you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> hurt, hurt. if you hurt hurt then we get it but like the, all the rest and all that stuff and it, it, they, they lowered the back-to-backs I think I see something somewhere that they took out the back-to-backs before like nationally televised games and so oh, there's no like incentive players to rest or need, be needing rest um, which is good man I'm all for it make me just play man they give a hell of money and I get it, you know, being an athlete, it, it can be tiring, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I've never played in the NBA, but I get it, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you feel like you just ain't got it, but to just not be playing at least at least 60, 60 
70. I, I, I just don't see the point of sitting out that many games. So, you know, big ups to the league, man. You know, putting yeah. some force behind their, their, their words, putting some action behind it. So, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Clippers need to count their fucking days. I think they actually be injured, though. That's the, that's the disappointing thing. Um, but this incentive along with the 65 game minimum incentive for league awards is really going to put uh the team special this is always a team specialist right this is a, a person that's looking at the schedule and giving out rest days to the gm to the coach or whatnot there's that person they're really going to be tested this season because t- people are still going to be rested bro like that that's just not that's just going to happen and they're going to find loopholes. They're going to, you know, make sure that the league knows that this this person is actually injured and that they need this rest because of X and Y reason. I don't know how effective it's going to be because you can't tell a player that they're not injured. <laughs> like, if a player says, like, I, I, my, my Achilles is hurting, you can't kind of rebut that, right? Like, you got to kind of go with that and protect the player. So as much as they want players to play um, and I want players to play too. I don't want to see people sitting in street clothes. It's going to be hard to manage it um, because you can't really tell a player how to feel. Like that's just what it is. But what I, I hope to see players play above that 65 minimum. I hope to see all the star players do that. So they probably just got to stop with the DMPs because most of the time when they play left, yeah. Big. I don't know if you in the Niagara Falls. I don't know if you in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the it's the, bur- it's the burbs, man. It's the burb service, man. Just a lot of trees and shit out here, man. Oh man. Uh that's funny. But um yeah. Hopefully we get to see players playing closer to 70 games, but uh we'll see, man. It's, it's an interesting one. They still haven't voted yet, but we'll see. All right, on to the next topic. And this is part of our 23-24 season predictions. We'll have a couple categories that we go over. We'll have, like, defensive player of the year. We'll have uh, MVP. We'll have rookie of the years that we think uh, will happen this season. This is the first iteration of that this week. We're starting with coach of the year, our coach of the year predictions, and we'll have one section of coaching uh, coaches that are on the hot seat as well because there's always a coach rising and a coach falling. So um, who wants to go first for coach of the year? Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, go first. Ahead, yeah. All right. Don't, don't make fun of me. Don't say shit. All right. Darvin Ham. You know somebody coach to say some bullshit. Here we go. <laughs> Darvin Ham. I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. Darvin Ham. And I tried, listen, I tried my best not to do this. I really did. Like, I, I looked at Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies because I think that he can keep the Grizzlies afloat while John Moran is out 25 games. I think that will be a big factor in the race. But when I look at our roster, I look at our potential, I look at our adversity as well. I look at us building off of last year. I think Darvin Ham 
if he makes it all come together, which I believe in him, sometimes he makes questionable decisions that with his rotation that I, I don't really like. But if he makes it all come together and we end up a top three seed, I can see us in the Western Conference, which is really tough, him being at the top of that. I think there's a couple other ones that I don't want to step on y'all toes, so I won't name them. But when I look at the landscape of the league, the Lakers have a lot of potential. They have a lot of new players, which is a which is a factor into like coach of the year and trying to make all these different players mesh. You got to manage LeBron at thirty at turning thirty nine years old. Who knows if AD is going to get injured, and he might he may as well be out a month a month or so and navigating through that. I think we have the potential to do it, and I think and I believe in Darvin Ham. So Darvin Ham is my coach of the year candidate for this year. Mm. It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. Thank you. I actually, I actually like that one, to be honest with you. And it's good that you mentioned Taylor Jenkins. I, he, he's in my top two. Um, I'm also going to have to go with Nick Nurse. Those are my top two. I couldn't pick. I was, you know, I was choosing a tough fight, choosing between the two. But I just think they have the, you know, two good complete rosters, two good coaches. Nick Nurse is obviously in a new spot in Philadelphia. I think, you know, he'll be able to, you know, get the guys to compete. I mean, they have a, a good, very good roster. He's just going to have to get hard into buy-in. That's going to be very difficult um, to see how that situation overall, how that plays out in general. Um, and then I like Taylor Jenkins. I mean, with the healthy roster, if, if they can get, you know, Steven Adams back, um, they get job back whenever they, when they get job back. I love the additions of Marcus Smart, Derek Rose. I think you get some better veterans in that locker room. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be able to uh, make some things happen, you know, and that division too is, you know, that division is not as competitive some of the other ones. So I think they'll have a bit of maybe make a good run. They win 50 plus games. I think he, he's going to put his name in there too. So Nick nurse is your pick. Nick nurse and Taylor Jenkins. I, I couldn't choose between. Are you going to make me put the hypothetical gun to my head? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Taylor Jenkins. I'm going with just off. Like I know uh, for me, a lot of these awards sometimes, can be a little narrative based. Um, and just off that, I want to go with the coach of Oklahoma City Thunder. Excuse me, his name Ooh. is Mark. I don't, I don't forgot the last name. My bad. But yeah, I just think they they got uh because of where they were last year, not really kind of being like you know fringe playoff. And I think that with the talent they got, if SGA, SGA continues to take steps towards superstardom, and they and I, I think if they if they make the playoffs, even if it's like eight you know, eight, eight seed or they win a couple playing tournament games. I, obviously, you know, that, that award is based on regular season, but I could, I could see them having a good season. And just based on where they were last year, if they take a nice little jump in wins, I, I could see him getting coach of the year. Well, he was runner-up this year to Mike Brown, so that's not a far-off pick. Um, I think a lot of people are in love with OKC and what they've been able to build. Shout-out to Sam Presti. And they still got a shit ton of picks. My goodness. Um, so I'm not mad at that pick. I'm not. I'm not mad, mad at that pick at all. Uh, but I think they will have to be above a seven seed to, to for him to get that award, which they have potential to do. I will see. Um, with Chet coming, with, with Chet coming back, and they got a, with a couple players making another step. We'll see. But I'm going my boy Darham. Um, now hot seat. <sighs> this was this was pretty tough. Um, I looked at the, the the league a little bit and to try to see who had the the, the worst 
um, outlook for the season for me from a like a, a hot seat standpoint from a coach. And that coach for me was Billy Donovan, Billy the Kid. Ooh. Um, that, 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 it's, it's, it's a tough, it's tough days in Chicago. Um, Levine has been in trade rumors. I don't know if whether he wants to be in Chicago or he'd rather be in a different situation. They might just need a refresh altogether. Um, the, the roster is just not, is not cohesive enough. They signed, they re-signed, uh, Vucevic to a two-year deal, I believe, but that, that instantly becomes a tradable contract. Um, Debo is coming off the book soon. They might want to get something for him. And then I feel like a rebuild is coming there uh, with Lonzo, his injury, and that, that just doesn't look good. The future just looks really blurry. They don't really have – I mean, they have AO, IO, and uh, I don't even know who – oh, uh, Patrick Williams as young pieces, but not really like a star young player that they can kind of build around. So I think they might just go for a refresh. That's not to say Billy is a bad coach. Obviously, he's – He's done some a little bit in the league, um, but OKC and Chicago was good off to start when they had the full healthy team. But it might just be timing, um, and 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 to to move on and get something new in there. So I got Billy Donovan. Yeah, it's not a bad call. Uh, it's not a bad call. Yeah, I'm gonna um, go with uh, I'm gonna go with Ty Lue. I feel like. Like I said, man, Clippers got to count their fucking days, man. I feel like if it's another season of the same shit, where and I get it, you know, he's just a coach. He can't go on the court and play. And when your stars aren't playing, it just makes it hard. But I honestly think if if they are somewhat healthy and they flame out like second roundish, I can see it happening. I can see them like, ah, right, it's time to kind of, you know. Know, just wrap this yeah, up. It's they, they've been doing mean, this for like, <laughs> like five, six years now, running it back. They kind of they'll throw some tweets here and there. They well, they had a real Red, a Reggie Jackson run. Now they got they going through like the the Russell Westbrook run. And I don't know, man. Like I just feel like if they don't, this could be a year where they're like looking at the landscape of the West. West has gotten better from what I would. Well, most people might think of last year as like a down year for the West, just because. The, the the overwhelming talent, you know, compared to the East, wasn't really there this year. But I don't know, man. I just think that the Clippers they need to they need to figure something out there. They're, they're, they're running back with the same thing. They're building around the same two stars. And I know it's going to be kind of kind of hard with the new arena. You want to have stars in a brand new arena. You don't want to just be putting out a, a mediocre squad in a brand new arena. So it's going to be tough there. But if they flame out again, man, and it's this person's not playing, that person's not playing. I, I could see some changes being made there. And it might not necessarily be the coach. They may just break up the PG Kawhi situation. Uh, but I, if they don't – if they're healthy and don't do good, I, I could see them kind of looking in a different direction. Mm. I, I don't even know what to say at that pick, Bake. I, I love that pick. It was actually, it was actually my pick, but I, I agree with you, Bake. Wow. That is the last person I think will be on hot seat. Bro, they've been doing I mean, it for like, this is like the sixth year. This is like the sixth year. It went by so fast. I remember when everybody, when they put that team together, it was like, oh, the Battle of L.A. Holy shit. <laughs> right? And that never panned out, like, ever. They had a, a couple games, I think it was like some holiday games, where it was like, oh, shit, a rivalry. They haven't even Bro. been close to a chip. 
Yeah. Before before we talk about that, Aaron Rodgers just got hurt and carted off the field with an apparent ankle injury. Oh, yeah, man. Like, wow. Like, literally, not, it was like his third play. Can I, not can I take back my, my Jets fandom? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let me repeat this. I know I said I was going to ride with them this year, but damn. 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 Sucks, not like this. Man. Not like this. That yeah, like sucks. This, that sucks. But, but yeah, I've been there, and I think he's, you know, his tenure has been, you know, like he said, upwards of five to six years. They have to take some accountability. Somebody's going to get some heat after a while. Um, you know, PG and Kawhi looking at those extensions. So it's like, what do you do? And if it's just not working out, usually the scapegoat is the coach. So I, right. as much as Ty Lue is a great coach, you know, so personable, so uh, well respected around the league, I think somebody has to take some accountability, and I think ultimately it'll come down to Ty Lue. That was going to be my initial pick, but you know I has got two. <laughs> come on, man. I told it back up. I, I, I don't think there's any way Ty Lue's getting fired. Oh, I think it's, I think it's very, very, very within play. You say why they not? They just fired Doc. They just fired Doc like it was nothing. Doc's left, Doc won a championship in 2008. He hasn't won a championship since. Doc is not a, a player's coach. He has... Problems with every player he's ever coached. Ty Lue is a player's coach. The, co- the, pl- the players love him. Players love to play with him. He does stuff off the court. Him and Balmer have a good relationship. I can't see it, bro. Uh, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I-, I can't see that happen. Ty Lue is too good of a culture guy. He's a good coach, coach. And he just won a champion. Well, damn, that was seven years ago. Uh, he's a champion. He's got championship pedigree. So I mean I, I hope not because I like to Ty Lue, but I like we'll too I like Ty Lue as well. But you see, we've seen it time and time again where it's like, oh, this, this looks good, and then when the losses pile up, man, you know people just change their mind. These GMs and owners will change their mind. Ty Lue could be their bestie for all we know. If, <laughs> if they got goals and expectations, and those things aren't being, you know, those goals aren't being hit. Like I said, I, I don't I – w- I wouldn't say – I think because of the, the, the new arena thing, I think that's going to be a, play a big part in, in, in how they go about, yeah. you know, the, the, the firing and uh, the mixing up of the stars. But I don't know, man. I, I just see a world where it's like, all right, somebody in that organization is going to be like, all right, man, what are we doing here? If they lose the <laughs> second round again, somebody in that organization – it could be the fucking janitor. Somebody gonna walk into the office like, "Yo, I'll, what we doing?" But we not getting no closer. Been... The stars that we're relying on to come back from injury are getting older. It's not like they have a Zion where it's like, "Yeah, you know, just all you need to do is get healthy." Like PG and Kawhi, who's to even say that they could healthy could still even do that? What we think they could do, like healthy Kawhi and PG, is that still even a chip team? Like. I just I could see I could see like I said it may not even be the coach but after this season if it's if it's another flame out in the playoffs or they just don't do shit because of injuries I, I think I, I could yeah. see a shakeup coming. That's a legitimate question. Even if PG come back and are themselves, are they still a championship contender? I, you know I I, I don't know. Um, we've, we've kind of overhyped them. Over the past four years, they ever really though? Can we like? Can we just clarify that? Were they ever really a, a championship contender? I feel like they I were, think at bro. the time, at the time in the landscape of how the West was, with the players being where they were at the current time, they put that team together. I think you could see it. I mean, 
Kawhi was injury prone, but you know, coming off that run with the Raptors and, and PG. Yeah, I think it was just the so name. I think we all got excited about the names. I don't think they ever were really like in contention. And I think, you know, we just even still we keep that hope a lot because we know how talented their top two players are. But I don't I don't think they were ever in the mix. I don't even think they've ever contended. I, I don't say big ever. In the bubble and the letdown in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, it depends on how they look, man. They need Kawhi, man. They need to. They need to. They need to get him some. I don't know. Because yeah, you be excited about them every year, like, ooh, they got John Wall, ooh, they, 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 they. and it's just like it's the same old Clippers. Where Clipper Daryl at? This, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, this is the Lakers' little sister right now. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I was one of those people when they got John Wall. I don't know why, bro, but I was like, yo, I was one of those people like, yo, he gonna resurrect his career. He about to be back. He ain't injured right now. Like he about to. It's John Wall season. No, you was hitting the Dougie too. Like, oh yeah, we back. Yeah, like I, I honestly, I had high hopes for that. I'm like John Wall. If he could get, if he could be seventy five percent of what he was, that's a that's a plus. And it just never looked good. You know what I'm yeah, saying? never materialized. So that's why I'm. I'm just a tough critic. I think. Yeah, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they're contenders anymore. But I'm sure I for the, the, just the, the Clippers business, they need to get shit right. The 2019-2020 season was their best year, I think. They had Lou Will and Montrez, who were both in the Sixth Man of the Year conversation. Mm-hmm. PG, mm-hmm. Kawhi. Um, they had Patrick Beverly as their starter who, who, you know, set the tone defensively and they just played as a team. Um, Marcus Morris obviously was a big component of what they did, but I think that was the best year they had. And then after that, you know, the bubble kind of messed them up a little bit. They got the Marcus Cousins who was supposed to, you know, do some things. Visa Subak, they had Rondo. They had Rondo? What the f- Damn, they had Rondo. They had a couple play that Sergi Baca. Rondo been on bad team. I know, right? Yeah, Sergi Baca. I'm like, damn. So the, the, I think the bubble really messed them up their trajectory. Um, but yeah, we gotta stop giving them. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving them grace. Like we giving them too yeah, much grace. Bro. grace. Like they, they 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 talk so much shit, bro. They talk so much to do nothing, and. Yeah. They changed the banners in the Staples Center or the Crypto.com Arena and said, you know, we got to make this our house. And stop all that noise, man. Stop all that noise. <laughs> right? But, damn, I, I can't see Tyloo getting fired. But um, you, go, you guys both pick him, so there must be some, some relevance. Well, that, he was my first choice, but my second choice is on the hot seat, too. So His that is JB. Wow. Yeah. What Cleveland Cavaliers coach JB Bickerstaff? Yeah, man. I mean, they have a young, talented roster, so I think that the expectations are raised a little bit now. After you know that you know you had home court against the Knicks and not being not able to pull it off, I think you know there's a little bit of pressure now. It's not. It's this ain't the old cast. Hmm. I feel it. Uh oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I can see why you would say that. They had a really disappointing playoffs. A disappointing season in general. I feel like Darius Garland didn't take this next step that we mm. expected. He was an all-star two years ago, and last year took that step back from, from Donovan Mitchell. Um, kind of was less effective. Jared Allen was part of some trade talks. Evan Mobley is a, their budding star that, that's ready to take the next step. So, yeah, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I agree with you. 
He's he's part of that. Yeah. He's part of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, they just have too much talent. They just have to elevate. So expectations just are raised, and it's just like you got to do it. You got to ball out. So, and I and I, I just don't think they'll be able to. I, I can't confidently say that they'll be able to win a playoff series. And if they can't do that, then bye bye. <laughs> they got to get them a bench. Jesus Christ, get them a bench. They do need some depth. Uh, they need they need some depth. They got Kyrie Levert coming off the bench, which is which is cool. But they need like. I don't even know who their backup bigs are. They added like, they Max Struess. Um, yep, yep, for sure. Uh, that was a good pickup. So added some shooting there. Uh, I'm trying to think. They had the kid from Auburn they drafted a couple of years ago who hasn't done too much. Very athletic, though. Isaac Okoro. He can't. Isaac Okoro, yep. He can't hit the freaking ocean if he threw a <laughs> Yeah, outside game needs a lot of work. He is so raw, but he's a good athlete. And that's no shade. It's just like he can't shoot. Um, yeah. That's Don't you hate that when you can see a flaw in an NBA player's game? I know, right? <laughs> like, you're at an elite level, and I'm over here seeing your flaws. Get better. Yeah, yeah I, I know. <laughs> Get better. Um, <laughs> they signed George Niang, which should help them a lot. I think George Niang was a was a underrated part of with a part of Philly. It's, yeah, he was he, a really good shooter. Could bang at the boards a little bit. I loved him, man. I loved George Niang since he was at Iowa State, man. Just a really good player. Yeah, he's he's really made a career out of for, for himself. He reminds me of Joe Ingles a little bit, uh, the oh, slouchy, yeah. the slouchy couch potato look, but will will shoot your eyes out. Um, oh yeah, they can sign Imani Bates. I don't think he'll get a ton of run, but that's a good project for them. Uh, who else they got? Yeah, they need some work on this roster. <laughs> yeah, this roster needs overhaul like today. They don't have a backup big. Dean Wade is not is not gonna. Yeah, uh, Dean Wade is, is not intimidating anybody. He's a good player, but you need an upgrade. Yeah. Um, Ain't Donovan up for an extension soon, too? D-Mitch? I think one is left on a deal. I feel like he signed one with Utah. Oh, okay. So, maybe not. But, I mean, they got as we all know, once you're headed towards that last year, those last two years, you might as well just request a trade. It's the new NBA, baby. Pay your trade. Pay me your trade. <laughs> Get with it. His contract is up in 2026. He's got yeah, he's uh got years left on there. Yep. Well, the last year's a player option, which he okay, might yeah. he might decline that shit. <laughs> he might. Yeah. He I, I, can see it. I can see it. Yeah, he got a play option for 37 million, but he might could get like 50, so he might decline that. I can see it happen. But we'll see. JV Big stuff is wow. That's that's a really interesting pick. Um, that's a black coach though, so I hope he does well. Yeah. Uh, but all right, that was good predictions. That was good predictions. I had Christian Wood going to LA. We talked about that already. Brings a different dynamic. Don't understand his market. He's twenty eight years almost. He's twenty eight or turning twenty eight years old. Super skilled player. His motor has been questioned a little bit, and he gets a little pouty. But I think it was a good minimum sign for us. Uh, our, our roster is insane. I'm just gonna say it, and I'm not. I'm not being biased, bro. Our roster is pretty insane. <laughs> how the kids? How the kids say it these days? You, you glazing right now, bro? I'm glazing. <laughs> That's the name the name the I am. I never yeah, heard that. The Lakers is the Lakers is alright, man. They alright, man. We'll see what they do, man. Brian, yeah. Brian getting up that age, man. He, that cliff is coming, bro. 
I never, I never, I'm never going to take what you say about the Lakers series. So let's put that out there. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not crazy. <laughs> you a leprechaun. Well, I don't know. Other way, anytime you hype up the Lakers, we just got to talk. We just got to chalk it up as bias. No, you a Boston fan, so it's very different. But I got love for my man Bron. This is the Lakers. There's ass. <laughs> it's the organization. Whatever, man. It's them colors. It's them colors. You gang, <laughs> you gang banging on the NBA. <laughs> I can't fuck with that purple and gold, cuz. <laughs> You gang banging at breakfast? Wow, wow, man. Wow, wow Cat Williams. <laughs> All right. On to the next topic. Uh, the G League Ignite, man. They had a game against the Perth Wildcats from the NBL in Australia. And we got a, we got a first look at these 2024 uh, prospects. Um, I'll name a few of them. One second. So Ron Holland is a projected number one pick. He's on G League, G League at night. Metas Buzelis, who's also on G League at night. Um, and then we had Alex Sar, who's part of the NBL team, the Perth Wildcats. I really like what I saw from Alex Sar, bro. Oh, yeah, he was he, good. Really he, good. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing at to, to a point. Um, and I know Ron Holland and, and, and Matas was the story coming in and they did, they both played really well. I really like what I saw from Ron Holland. He reminds me of a Jimmy Butler type player, really intense, really rugged, um, can score on all three levels. The shooting, is, the shooting is kind of a question, but he shot the ball really well from three. Um, Matas super skilled wing has nice size and nice skill reminds me of a more skilled Gordon Hayward a little bit. And I'm not just saying that because he's white. And then there's Alex Saar, who's like something I've rarely seen, who does everything. He was blocking shots, hitting three step backs, bringing the ball up, uh, blocking shots. I'm like, he's 7'1", 18 years old. He was on Jonathan Gavoni's like bottom, like mid-tier of the first round at one point, but now he's top five. I would take him top two. Ooh, I mean, yeah, I got a similar. We got a similar depiction through the college season, but I mean, Alex Sar really showed out. He, I mean, he was rim running, blocking shots, like you said. I mean, he was even taking like there was times I'm like he's seven one. He took this coast to coast, so he really yeah. displayed a lot of talent. Um, and he had a good motor, like he wanted to play high motor. I love guys like that. Those are intangibles you just can't teach. Um, he really played. He really stood out to me. Ron Holland showed out in the second game. Um, Brazilis, he played pretty well the second game as well, too. I was impressed by him. I really also liked uh, the kid Tyler Smith off the bench. He was pretty good for the G League Ignite. They had a couple of players who, who caught my eye. The second game, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Bryce Cotton had 40. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah was I was cooking. about to say, that boy was cooking, man. He was hitting he was step backs, all that. So, so yeah, it was but overall. I love the exhibition. I just love what the G League is night doing with their platform and um, showcasing the, the talent from uh, some of these younger players. But there's just a lot to look forward to because um, I saw I, I was I, I familiarized myself with uh, Buzelis through the uh, All American game, the McDonald's All American game, and when he was uh, undecided and they were saying he was going G League night, and I was just like, you know, he's a little raw. He has to show me a lot, but this is just a perfect platform to develop your game and really become a pro. Yeah, the, the kid London Johnson is really good too. The, the point guard, I like the I like this game. Obviously, he has some growing to do, but I, I really liked what he showed as well. He showed sparks of like 
physicality, running the team. He can shoot, he get in the lane. He he did a lot of stuff. But Alex Sar, man, he's not a typical seven one, bro. Like he no. ain't like he ain't like a NBA seven one who's like skinny and lumbery. He athletic. He's strong, built like a like a wiry frame. Uh, I'm real. I'm I was really impressed by him. Um, so. I know it was early for me to say, yeah, I see him as a top two pick. We haven't seen Isaiah Collier in, in the NBA yet, Justin Edwards from Kentucky. We haven't seen these guys. Uh, Donovan Klingen, who's from the UConn Huskies, um, is the big seven-foot center. But oh, he played, I just, from last, he was on the team last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Who? Uh, Klingman from the Connecticut. Yeah. They had a seven-footer last year. It was really good. Yeah, he was a freshman last year. Not at uh, – their, their their center is gone. I forget his name, but he's gone now. So he'll be the starting center and be able to take that leap as a sophomore. We'll see. But yeah, I I, I like Alex R a lot. And and I don't know how to check into NBL games. I don't think I will be able to because it's Australia and the time difference is pretty ridiculous. But the top five picks are going to be really interesting. DJ Wagner is projected at ten, but I've seen reports that he's going to be in the top three mix. So it depends how he's going to play in Kentucky. Yeah, we got a lot. We got, you know, we got a long, long couple months until uh, June. So it should be interesting to see how it plays out, especially with the college and a lot of how these guys develop. Um, and I'm definitely loving the Australian League. You're seeing a lot of guys go from high school uh, going over there. So it should be interesting to just see how, you know, that shakes out. But you know, we got a nice young pool of prospects. Yep. Lamella Ball came from there. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season. It's hard to keep up with so much basketball like G League night, NBA, G League period, uh yeah. NBL, Euro League like damn oh, it's just a lot. NBA. Yeah, it's a lot, bro. Um yeah. but we're here to, to keep up with it all. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> um I think there'll be other games with the G League night exhibitions, so we'll keep an eye on that. All right. So, oh, my God, I don't feel like talking about this again. So I'm just going to run through it, the Ramona Shelbourne story about James Harden in Philly. We've exhausted this topic, but she did she did mention some spicy details in her article for ESPN. One that I, I didn't know, Harden was an all-star replacement. We've been talking about how, you know, he got snubbed from the all-star game. He averaged 20-plus and 11-plus assists. They gave him an all-star nod. They sent the invitation, and he was upset that he didn't make the initial team, especially with, you know, the quote-unquote sacrifice. Um, and KD and Kyrie made it off the rip, and he took too long to answer and didn't – it wasn't able to get into the replacement, and eventually Pascal Siakam was named the replacement. That was really interesting and something that I don't quite understand. Why not just answer? You think you can't be replaced? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Man, uh, I'm silver. Like, hold my beer. I got you. <laughs> yeah, you want you want you can't ghost Adam Silver, bro. Like, come on. Um, him and Harden, um, him and uh, Doc Rivers, man. Like, from what I read in the article, they didn't seem to have the best relationship. He, can't, he, he or maybe that Doc Rivers was pushing him too hard or calling him out too much. But um, they got into it a few times. Doc Rivers is known to be getting into it with a player, so I'm not surprised at that. Harden got permission one night to travel separately to party. Yeah, I read that. I read that, and I guess like, like the teammates weren't really, you know, they didn't really like that. That's they said it was normal. That seems crazy to me. 
I, it's one thing to stay behind if you got family stuff or, or something like that, but I, I don't I don't know, man. But Doc Rivers called him out about that and then named some players. Um, Beard, he, he felt betrayed. And I would too, man. Like, don't tell me I could stay behind and party and then the next film session you call me out. <laughs> like, come on, bro. You said I could stay. You you, right. you know me and Why little baby. You? <laughs> you know me and little baby got to hit the town. You know that. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then the whole the rest of the story was was what we know already. Good thing for Philly is Joel and B said he's okay and he wants to keep moving forward. He's thinking about the long term, so that's a sigh of relief for the Philly faithful. But. Definitely. It sound it sound good, but it's looking it's looking nasty in Philly, and training camp is like a month away. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, All right, we had a we had an hour. It's nine oh five p.m. Let's run through the, the last topics fairly quickly. Uh, Chris Paul expected to start, according to Mark Spears. There was a lot of talk about him coming off the bench, but I guess that ain't happening. Uh, how do you see a Chris Paul, Steph Curry fit in the in the in the, in the backcourt? I don't see it. To be honest, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, me either. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, basketball wise, I it, it could work. Chris Paul likes to pass. Steph likes to catch and shoot. Clay likes to catch and shoot. <laughs> it could, it could work. But I think uh, in the Western Conference, when you have guards like Aaron Fox and like SGA, like I don't, I don't think going with two, you know, thirty-year-old small guards is, is, is going to be a, a big recipe for success. But I mean, hey, hats off to Chris Paul. He said he wasn't down for that bench shit. So facts, and what hurts is that Looney will probably not be in a starting lineup if that happens. So that's a lot of pressure on Draymond. What? That's what have to happen. That's what have to happen. It would be Chris Paul, Steph, Wiggins, Draymond, and, and, Clay. Clay. and Clay. Yeah. Ooh, that is that is ugly. <laughs> that's different. It's very different. Yeah, I mean, defensively, defensively, let me not get carried away. Defensively, that's really ugly. I, that's what I'm saying from a basketball standpoint. I just can't really see it playing out. I mean, we've seen Steph play off the ball with with uh, with Sean Livingston and had success. Um, but I just I just can't really see it defensively and also the pace. The Warriors like to get up and down. They want to shoot threes. They want to get early in the shot clock possessions. At this point in Chris Paul's career, that's just not his game. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be it's contrasting styles to me. I just I don't see how it works or how it's successful. I'm sure they'll have their games where they look like an All Star team, but in yeah. the long run, I just and then another thing is for as good as Draymond is defensively. Want him guarding Jokic? You want him to guard Sabonis? You want him to guard all these, these bigs that are in the Western Conference? Uh, I'm not saying he's not capable, but that's a that's a lot to ask. Whereas if you had Looney and Draymond could be that like that can play that conductor role and see things from afar. I don't know if you want him just being like a banger for 40 minutes. You know, obviously yeah. they're not gonna. They're not going to play. I don't think they're going to – if they do start Chris Paul, I can't see it being a 40-minute thing. Uh, a lot of those dudes are going to need rest anyway. So I, I, I don't see how that works. But I'm sure if it goes bad, they'll, they'll make some changes. 
Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I think they'll start this as a make good to Chris Paul because he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer and he deserves that respect to, to start until it doesn't work. And then you can say otherwise. Um, he, he I gave him 20 games. And then if it doesn't work, 20 games, uh, not 20 games, but a couple games off the bench. And then if it doesn't work by by the trade deadline, there will be conversations had because his, his, his next year is not guaranteed. So basically expiring. Which, which holds some value for teams who have cap space that you can dump into. So I think it's an experiment, but he deserves that respect to, to start first. And then if it doesn't work, then you bring him off the bench rather than the other way around. Agreed, um, agreed. Yeah. All right, next topic. Uh, Brianna Stewart set the single-season scoring record, which was held for 17 years. Goat, goat, goat doing goat things. Uh, salute to her. Not much more we can say about her. She's just, she's just one of them ones. Um, we'll be a Hall of Famer one day. Yeah, I mean, when you go through her resume, it's like absurd. And she's like, what, twenty six? Like, yeah. She's like one of everything. Yeah, it's, it's, I know she was that young. Yeah, she's like twenty six, twenty seven, and her resume. If you just look at it real quick, it is absurd. Just a great player. Liberty won thirty games this year, set a franchise record. So she just, you know, they, she's revitalized that franchise. I'm really excited. love watching her and Ignescu play. Vandersloot, Liberty have a really good team this year. It's gonna be interesting. The WME playoffs start on Wednesday. I'm excited. Yeah, she's twenty nine, but that's still young. Like to yeah, do yeah. to do to do everything she's done. College, NBA, not NBA, WNBA. I'm pretty sure she wants some overseas stuff. <laughs> like, it's nothing she can't do on the court. So, shout out to Brianna Stewart on setting that record. Um, another woman shout out, Coco Golf, uh, youngest since Serena to win a singles major. Uh, when Serena won at 17, Coco is 19. Uh, I watched that match. I was really excited for her. She was pumped up. I got chills. Watched, watching her just kill the last couple sets. I'm really happy for her. The, the clip of her at eight years old in the stands at the U.S. Open was really crazy to me. And to see her now, um, got that $3 million check, got paid, got the trophy. So shout out to her. Yeah, another yeah. note on tennis, man. I don't know if y'all pay attention to a lot, but – and I want – I know the, the, the higher-ups in the tennis world probably wouldn't let it get too out of hand, but it's – it's it's it it seems to be becoming like a younger sport. You see, like the younger players coming in, like with their headphones, there's music playing, and whereas most of the time you would think of a tennis match as all you hear is like the huffing and puffing of the players hitting the ball back and forth. Like there's noise, there's a lot more cheering. I just think it's it's it's, it's becoming a good time for tennis. The players and the people that are representing the tennis leagues, like Coco Golf. I'm a, I can't say I'm a watcher still, but it's, it's looking to get a little bit more fun over there. That in baseball, yeah, I just definitely agree with you. There's definitely a lot of you know, high, high, like first person, more personalities, and they're highlighting you know their players, their stars now. Whether it be like watching um, Point Break on Netflix, I'm gonna that's a tennis show. I love watching it. You get to see this for the background. Um, you know, their unique personalities or unique stories, what they go through on a daily basis, their training regimen. So, yeah, I mean, tennis is just like, you know, blowing up. Um, it's a great time for tennis, too. I, yeah, I really like and enjoy watching the U.S. The US Open. It's, it's time now. Roger Federer is retired. 
Rafael Nadal is is about to retire. Djokovic is not not that old. But he's crushing, crushing. Yeah, he he he's a beast, bro. And shout out to him for shouting out Kobe and wearing the t shirt. Um, the time is now for all these young young girls and young guys to to start yeah, Serena. I mean, you got a superstar in Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he's an yep. up and coming star on the men's singles. You got Coco Golf. Even uh, Sabalenka, who lost to Coco Golf. I mean, she's number one in the world. She's a fantastic player. Inside, have so many great players. I want to give a shout out to Madison Keys, the U.S. She had a chance. She was up a uh, set and a half, and then lost uh, on the tiebreak to uh, Sabalenka. So she didn't get to make the finals, but she made the uh, semifinals. Another American. So really good time for tennis, especially American tennis. American tennis is back, baby. Yep, and shout out to Francis TFO, Big Foe. Um, Big Foe, Big Foe. Would have liked oh, to see also him. Shout out to Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton did his thing. Yep, yep, yep. Another American, did. 20 years old. Love to see my lost, brothers out there. Lost to Jokovic. Um, tough match. But, uh, yeah, it's up and coming, man. I, I would love to go to U.S. Open one day, have one of those drinks uh, that everybody was having, <laughs> uh, sit with the stars and – kind of follow the game. So I, I anticipate me going to a US, U.S. Open one day. Go hey, to Queens. Next year. We, we there. We there. All right. You put it in the universe. I'm going. No, I'm, I'm throwing it out there because I'm going to be there for sure, for sure, with, with the with them drinks <laughs> in my hands. Yeah, I need Girl, one. Let me know how I go, man. <laughs> you always hey, do that. Man, no fake dog. Nah, he always do that and then be like, why y'all invite me? Because he talk like that. <laughs> oh, he want to know. He want to know. I want to go to Paris too, though. I got a couple places I want to go. Damn. Yeah. Um. But all right. And the last thing we got on the on the list is music. Uh, a couple of things came out. The Tanache project. I don't know what to call these things anymore. EPs or albums. So I'm just gonna call them all projects. Uh, Tanache project. She had a really good release a couple of years ago that I that I I, I liked. So I, I would listen to this one. This one didn't really hit as much. I feel like all of it sounded the same. All of the tracks sounded the same a little bit. So I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, Tone Stiff came out with a with a project and I really like it, really like it. Um, New Jersey, uh, guy that came straight out of New Jersey where we're from. Um, I really like that. Had the song, Whoa, which is which is out of this world. I know, Bake, you like Girls Like You and, and, and a couple other tracks, but he put out a really good uh, project called POV. Yeah, it, it's it's solid for me. It don't it don't really got no skips. I mean, it's a really short project. It's only like what, like seven songs or something like that. And yeah. I'm, I'm all for that, man. I'm all for the, the quick to the to the point. A couple songs, put you all into those songs, make those songs great, rather than like you know some long drawn out project where you got a bunch of skips. This one was good, man. I'm definitely gonna be bumping this tonight. It, it is Bryson Tiller still the king of the breathy sound? The R and B is he still that king? Ah uh, man, Ooh. I don't know. I don't know, man. You got so many. That sound is so so prevalent now. Like I don't know if he could be the king. But that, that that one album, man. That's 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 a forever classic, right there, man. Oh, yeah, come he on, had, now. That, that, he had no, everyone sure. on the chokehold with that album. So I don't know. I, I I won't I won't say he's he might not be the king, but as far as albums with that with strictly that particular sound, yeah, I haven't heard one better in a while. Yeah, you got the Ryan Trays of the world, you got the Aaron Rays of the world. I think Bryson Tiller, he's more right. than that. No, that's not breathy, bro. 
that he Glass is like a different level. Like he's that West Coast sound, Nate Dog. Yeah. Age Nate Dog type the type guy. And and Bryson Till is more than that that one trap soul album, bro. The anniversary album was really good. True to self. Everybody was killing true to self that came out in 2017. I really liked that album from the get-go. Um, so I think people need to go back and listen to that. We got Ryan Trey, uh, who's who's really good. So there's a couple guys, but I think the leader of the R and B, like breathy or not is lucky day he's he's i think he has hit a plateau that nobody's touching him right now um yeah, he, everything, is, everything is, is brett fires is he in that mix oh yes yes brett fires isn't okay mix. yeah 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 brent is definitely in that mix i didn't really like brent fires last project i don't know why i wanted to mm. like it i wanted to like it because that's like the sound i go for but it just didn't hit like that maybe i need to go back and and, and get depressed and think about my <laughs> maybe I need to get in my right mind. And then Cardi and Meg, <sighs> Cardi and Meg. Mm. I know. I, <laughs> that's all. That's all you gotta say. And they did I, a video. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! I. Oh. Well, let's start, let's talk about the, the the video aside. The video was amazing. I could watch that on mute. Let's put it that. Let's put it that. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Because the song is trash. The song is oh, trash. Like, Bongo, yeah. Bongo. I kind of like the song. Bongo. It's different. It's like, it's that, like, hey, I don't yo. know what, what. It's different. No, I'm not. Am I going blasted in my car? Obviously not. But it, I, don't, I don't think it's trash. I don't think it's trash. I don't think it's hey, trash. Austin, Austin, Big said, it's different. It's like, different. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like zest, right? <laughs> Fuck y'all, man. Nah, it's, 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 it's it, I mean, it, but every every most, like uh, most songs, most songs that come out, most singles that are put out, they, 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 every song has its place. It's not a, I'm not gonna ride to it in my car. But if you in the club somewhere and there's some some some, some, some people around that you're interested in, <laughs> that joint come on. <laughs> I had to watch my language. Some and, people, you know, some and then people. you know I'm. And if it come on in the right situation, you gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, let me let me chill. It ain't trash. It ain't for me. I love saying that. It's not for me. Um, I think in the right situation with some tequila and, and limes, maybe it will be for me. Maybe it will be for me. Um, but- a little club, a little bounce to it. Like I, I you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, what I mean, last the joint. But yeah, in the right setting, for sure. Yeah, it, it's probably not. It's probably not. You know. I'll wave, but for the for the Cardi B fans and for her to not have put out an album after whether we listen to Cardi or not, that first album was crazy. That first album so was fire, Grammy winner. Yeah. So, so for her fans, it's a it's a good it's a it's a decent step. It's 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 when you think of Cardi B, it's what you're gonna get from a Cardi B and a Meg song. You put Cardi B and Meg on the same track, this is what you're gonna come out with. All right, I took it back. I take it back. I hope that um, all the success to Meg and Cardi. I hope that this hits number one in the charts. And we'll see. Maybe I need to go to the club. I, I live 20 minutes from New York City. Uh, I can easily go to a club and hear this song. So we'll see. Uh, but like I said, shout out to the amazing video. Shot really well. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, the house is actually the house from The Godfather. Oh, shit. When they did go to the film the house and he's taking them on the tour, did you did you peep that? Hell no. Damn. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Had to, uh, hey, do your thing, Cardi and Meg. Uh, this is Meg. I think in watching, in watching that video, the house is the last thing I was looking at. <laughs> what house? Right. There was a house? There's a house. <laughs> there a house? There's words to the song. <laughs> like that was amazing. Uh, shout out to shout out to the females in hip hop. They definitely running stuff, man. I don't. I, I don't even know the last time a dude put out a number one hit. Maybe it'll change when when Drake finally drops. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah. see. All the dogs is dropping. I can't wait. Yeah, I need, man, we need, I need it. We need, the we hype need around it, that album is crazy. The hype around the album is crazy, but it's it's a Drake project. Anything he slaps his name on is, is going to get. No, but I love how he dropped. He's like, you know, hyping it so masterfully, like going on tour, then just keep, you know, what I mean, throwing jabs at the album, like yeah, getting you hype, right. heightened anticipation. So you got to love that, like. Right. You got to yeah, love real, real quick, real quick. Did y'all hear about the? Did y'all hear about the Drake and Weekend song that 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 neither one of them was actually on some dude. So some dude created a song using AI, using Drake and, and the weekend's voices. And that song is now being submitted for a Grammy. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's wild. So, so yeah. So this dude, I forgot his name. He, he, I don't even know if his name was attached to it, but yeah, they put out a song and it's, I think it's scary times, man. It's scary times that somebody could just take your likeness and make a song and it gets submitted for a Grammy. That's, Oh, it's definitely scary. That's wild for me. Yeah, the song is called Vote on My Sleeve. I don't understand how it could be ever submitted for a Grammy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's that great of a song, but it's it sounds like some Drake shit though. Like if you listen to it and you didn't know the context behind it, you would have sworn that Drake and Weekend was in the studio and actually put this out. And the the CEO of the recording academy, Harvey Mason Jr. He he said it's absolutely eligible because it was written by a human. That's probably I don't even understand that. That's like <laughs> top five worst qualifications. <laughs> what? So you could just copyright somebody's whole likeness and I can still win something off of it? That's just crazy to me. Um but that's it, fellas. Another great pod, another great episode, y'all. We got through it all, man. What's the score of the Jets game? Ten three. Ten three. Come on. Oh my god. The 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 Giants and the Jets. The Giants and the Jets. Like, what are we doing here? This is this is. Shout out to the Giants, bro. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, they got mollywopped. I haven't said that in a while, but yo, they got the brakes beat off of him. <laughs> to have two touchdowns back-to-back from special teams and defensive teams is like, that hasn't happened in how long? 16 years or something like that? Maybe long, 36 years, something like that. Like, come on, man. Like The, un- the unintended consequences are crazy, though, because now if you know, everyone knows a, a wild-ass Cowboy fan and they just talking shit all week. We gotta wait till next fucking Sunday for them to shut up about something. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm seeing different. Oh my God. I'm seeing different things about Aaron Rodgers. I'm seeing broken ankle. I'm seeing Achilles. I'm seeing different things. I I, I hope that's not that serious. Yeah, the hit, you look at this hit. All right, folks. That's the end of the pod, man. I hope it's not that serious. But yeah, it is <laughs> the end of the pod. 
I'm gonna go eat some dinner. Right I'm gonna go eat some dinner. But uh, appreciate everybody listening. Um, this was fun. Got a little spicy on the pod, which I always like. But uh, we'll be back. Well, it'll be a short week for us. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Sunday. We'll be back Sunday with some more hot topics. We'll see if Damian Lillard ever gets traded. He said with like with his team that he's not reporting into any other training camps except for Portland or Miami. So let's see what comes out of that. But until then, catch y'all on the flip side. Later. Peace. Peace.